This week, inflation hit its highest point in 30 years, with consumer prices 6.2% higher year-over-year year from October 2020. Those high prices are driven by strong consumer demand, coupled with supply chains still constrained by pandemic-related issues. In an era of undeniable economic strength, though, consumer feelings aren't tracking the numbers. The average person feels pessimistic, and this leaves business and government leaders to wonder how to respond to the national economic mood. In this edition of Commerce Code, can AI understand customer moods, software, and human emotions? Dan Carell here in Minneapolis, and this is Commerce Code, brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. Thanks for joining us for insight into the evolving world of digital commerce. The big news this week is inflation, which brings its own problems, but reflects a persistently strong economy. As reported by Axios this week, U.S. consumers' checking accounts are 50% fatter than they were pre-pandemic while the bottom 50% of the population has $3 trillion in household wealth. That's a 55% increase from before the pandemic. Stocks are up more than 30% since January 1st, while average earnings are 4.9% year-over-year increased at $31 per hour. At the same time, a Harris poll finds that 57% of Americans think the economy is weak, which is up from 43% just this June. The Gallup Economic Confidence Index finds similar consumer sentiment well into negative territory after having been positive as recently as June and strongly positive in February of this year. Concerns about inflation are a key part of how we feel about the economy, even if the raw data suggests most people are doing very well. Many economists believe this pessimism is unfounded, but that's the thing about humans. We have the feelings that we have. Sometimes it's hard to know why. People. Their feelings and the importance of managing people as people is the topic of our conversation today. We're joined by Rana Gujarat of Behavioral Signals. Behavioral Signals is an AI firm using voice recognition to analyze the mood or the emotional state of people as they enter a call center or a call support system. In short, the company uses that information to match the caller with the right call center support personnel and that improves outcomes for consumers and for companies as well. Rana, thank you so much for joining us today. We're pleased to have you here on Commerce Code. Where are you joining us from? Thank you, Dan, and thanks for having me. I am in the San Francisco Bay Area. Great. I'm eager to dive in on this really interesting discussion. You know, personalized strategies to engage with consumers really kept many companies thriving during the pandemic, uh, maybe unexpectedly for some. I'd love it if you could just talk a little bit about how using voice data and emotion AI can take that personalization approach to the next level. How does that process work? When you talk about affect and emotion signals, we project through a variety of different cues. As humans, we do it through our facial expressions or body language by saying something or by sometimes not saying anything. And also very much so by the tone of our voice. And a particular focus as a company has been around deducing emotions exclusively from the tonal aspects of the conversation. Now, what we do with it is more interesting. And so behavioral signals improves the communication dynamic between humans by leveraging our advanced acoustic engine to not only discover genuine emotions, but also to predict a speaker's intent. 
And our product, which we called AI-mediated conversations, is an automated call routing solution. And it uses the Emotion AI and Voice data to match the customer to the best suited employee to handle a specific call. And that's hyper-personalization. So our product is not only maximizing an experience of conversation, but it's actually personalizing that experience for each individual client out there. So for each individual client that might be calling in or that might have to be called into, has the pre-created matches for that person defined by the system. And then those matches are put to surface by our engines. It seems like it's allowing, and I realize this is probably an oversimplification, but it's allowing people to connect better, or it's increasing the likelihood that the two people involved in this exchange are going to connect. Is that roughly right? Yes, absolutely. Let's think about a conversation. Sometimes it just clicks and it flows. And sometimes we struggle with that. And we've studied that dynamic. And the fact is that there are a variety of attributes that lead to either two people having an amazing conversation or struggling with it. And so what we've done is we've studied the conversational dynamic or a behavioral profile that leads to that conversational dynamic of an individual. We call that a conversational bioprint. And we have codified that. And now that we have that, we can find the best matches. So between an Asian client setup, you do have a choice as to who two individuals speak or converse on that business agenda. And the premise there obviously is maximize the dynamic of a conversation. When you have a great match, you have a great conversation. When you have a great conversation, you have a direct and a measurable impact on the underlying business outcome. And it's about empathy between people. I'm sure that that plays out differently in different contexts, but what would you say just maybe more broadly are empathy techniques that companies can use to improve customer satisfaction, to exceed expectations for customers? Yeah, there are several aspects of business that IMC has a direct impact on, mainly customer satisfaction and revenue recovery. And beyond the improved performance and positive conversation, we also have satisfied customers and fulfilled employees. And all of that is essentially centered around essential dynamics of maximizing empathy. So currently, if you sort of look at that landscape where some of those tools are not being used, I mean, the call center efforts are largely reactive. Someone calls in, they're upset, and humans respond accordingly, not always in the most effective manner. And we now have the technology, I mean, algorithms can be used to rapidly evaluate and identify the specific behavioral patterns of these customers and based on previous calls and observed emotional data during the call. And this enables faster call pairing to the best agent and also introduce an added level of empathy into that engagement. You recently wrote a piece for Forbes on how to increase customer satisfaction in retail banking in particular. And so I know that the work you're doing extends across a wide range of industries, but I'm curious at a high level if you can share with our listeners just a few of the key points from that article around customer satisfaction in retail banking. Yeah, for sure. We're living in an era of digitization. And what is happening in this era is uh, growing and improving customer satisfaction rate has become even more critical. And it's also become a lot more challenging. So in that article, I talk about a bunch of these dynamics, right? I mean, so if you look at the perception around call centers, I mean, customers perceive call center as the most important communication channel for personal banking. And that said, providing excellent customer service in the contact center is easier said than done. I mean, traditionally, consumer finance institutions and banks have relied on technologies that route incoming calls to agents with the most available time. Those techniques are very out of date, and they're not really effective at managing the dynamic 
like that is now expected in this distributed digitized era. Another option and almost a need now is to pair customer agents with callers relying on various other methods of manual selection using supervisors and managers and other top tier employees, but that's also not scalable. And so I think that's where AI comes into play. We have these tools that allow for automated approaches to address call routing by using emotion AI and voice data to match the customer to the best suited agent to handle a specific call. And so if you can match customers with agents based on personality, available time and expertise, that enables them to build a better rapport with each individual customer, which then becomes critical to that customer's perception of service quality. Ultimately, that translates into increased customer satisfaction and brand loyalty. How did you get into this? In other words, I could see people coming at it from the perspective of social science, from the perspective of data analysis, from the artificial intelligence perspective. How did behavioral signals get going? How did you identify that this is what you wanted to do? We were founded in 2016, and we're a spin-out out of the University of Southern California. And initially, I mean, our focus was primarily around enhancing the communication dynamic between humans and also between humans to machine by focusing on deducing intelligent and actionable insights from voice using deep learning and NLP. And we had this goal of enhancing and forever changing the world of business by leveraging the core set of technology elements and AGI elements essential to building those experiences. And so we built these algorithms that analyze human emotions and behaviors and transform data into usable information. And now we're applying it to making better business decisions and increasing profits. We're very focused on that particular area of innovation around conversational AI, but we're also very focused on not just making it a cool little technology in the lab, but actually bringing it out in the commercial sector and applying it to a real life problem. It's fascinating. I think of AI as very sophisticated software analyzing what I think of as relatively clean data sets in some fashion. And yet this really engages with the most human part of humans, right? The emotional dimension and does so in a scalable way, in a way that drives results. And I think that's a super interesting first step. Last thing, I guess, is where do you dream of this going in five or 10 years? Because there's so much potential. This strikes me as the tip of an iceberg. It really is. Talking is one thing and speaking and having a conversation is a whole different dynamic. So in order to have a conversation, you need more than just the basic elements of NLP, which is just processing the language. We're not just listening to the words being spoken. We're also behind the words, processing the emotion, the intent, the behavior, all of that we gather from various modalities. And then we're taking that into account into the conversation that we're having or how we're speaking or what we're saying. And so now that we have these engines, we have these capabilities, there are going to be amazing set of use cases emerging out of it. And whether that be just simply empowering a call center agent to have a better dynamic, or it could be emotionally and a cognitively intelligent Alexa, which not only understands what you're saying, but has a very good sense of are you happy or sad or depressed or in some sort of a danger. It processes what you're saying in the context of the mood you're in and responds accordingly. I mean, there's a lot of words in English language that could mean many different things depending on just exactly how you're saying it. And so now you can hold a conversation and it becomes really interesting. Rana, this is fascinating and I'm grateful for your time and your thoughts here. Reflecting overall on the topic, not only is the AI dimension really interesting, but I think if you step back and think about it, anyone would have to confess that there is room for call centers to get better. And then no matter how well designed they are, no matter how well operated they are now, there's opportunities to serve consumers better. This is a fascinating way of making it happen. I'm, I'm really glad we spent this time together and I learned a lot. 
Likewise, it was a real pleasure talking to you, Dan. And I agree, good conversation could go in many other interesting directions and I'm looking forward to chatting more about it. Coming right up, closing thoughts on the future of AI and humans when humans are in a bad mood. I don't really like the term artificial intelligence. It suggests that machines are smart in the way that we're smart. In fact, machines and humans are smart in very different ways. Computers capture our imagination because they do things we can't do, things we could never do ourselves. In that sense, the computer's intelligence far surpasses ours. On the other hand, DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, creators of some of our most advanced technologies, has funded a project to make a machine that has the common sense of an 18-month-old child. Some of the world's most capable minds are working on this. Nobody is close to succeeding. To put a finer point on it, since most 18-month-old humans are about a year away from being as smart as a typical dog, not only is human-level artificial intelligence a long way off, but dog-level artificial intelligence also seems well beyond our grasp. That thing that computers can't do, what DARPA calls common sense, is obviously complicated, but we can think of it as our ability to hold an image of the world in our minds, a model that lets us assess what we experience against the model to work out if it makes, well, common sense. Computers don't have a mental model, so they can't do this, well, yet. One of the things we do with our common sense is we assess others' moods. We hear people and we compare what we're hearing to our model of how people tend to sound. This is the kind of thing that computers struggle with. Or at least it's the kind of thing that computers are learning to do. What Rana described is a first step in building computer-based common sense, also known as artificial general intelligence. It'll take a while, might take a long while, before computers have the kind of common sense that we all do. But when they do, that will be artificial intelligence. And the potential for that kind of AI to benefit the world is beyond what we've even started to imagine. To find out more about the latest trends in digital commerce and digital advertising, check out our website, www.digcomall.org. That's www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless. This is Dan Carell, signing off. Hold up. 